Hey, I wanted to pop in and personally invite you to my free class I'm hosting next Sunday, February 23rd. It's called Define Your Decade, Gain Clarity and Next Steps on Your Dream. No overwhelm included. Guys, there's nothing that lights me up more than helping you take steps towards those dreams in your heart. So let's do it. Head on over to kelseychapman.com slash workshop to sign up for this free class. There are limited spots, so do sign up to reserve your seat, but I want you there. I can't wait to help you take steps towards your dreams. Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and today you are in for a treat because I have Beth McCord of Your Enneagram Coach joining us. Guys, you know I love talking about the Enneagram, so it's about dang time that I'm bringing on an expert. Beth just released a book series with nine books covering every single number on the Enneagram, and today she's here to bring the wisdom and teach you a little overview on the Enneagram so you too can dive in. I have found this system to be life-changing for my marriage, my friendships, and how I run my business, so I cannot wait for you to hear an overview of the Enneagram so you too can dive into learning about it. So, Let's get to it. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Beth. Hi, Beth. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, I am so excited to have you on today. My listeners have heard me talk about the Enneagram for years, probably... (laughs) incessantly. And so it is so good to have an expert on today, but I would love for you to introduce yourself. I have certainly been following along with you for years. I would love for you to tell a little bit about yourself, how you got started, what you do, so the Radiant listeners can get to know you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am Beth McCord, as you said. I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee, but I grew up in Kansas City. Um, met my husband at the University of Kansas when we were 19 and got married 13 months later at the ripe old age of 20. After we finished there, we went um, on with the Navigators. It's a college ministry. We were on an internship uh, program with them for two years at the Illinois, I mean, yeah, Illinois State University in normal Illinois. And it is very normal. <laughs> um, and, and cold. And so we were there for two years. We um, had our first child when we were 23, Nate, and then moved to St. Louis so that Jeff could go to seminary. Um, and then we had our daughter by the age of 25. So we were just hitting the ground running at a very young age, which was really hard at the same time because, you know, you don't even know yourself when you're that young, um, let alone understand each other or the other person. So there were so many times I just didn't know how to communicate well to Jeff about what was going on in my own world so that he could understand me more and us work together. And so there was, you know, I, we had a loving relationship. We were best friends, but we just needed a lot more help and information. I mean, we were so young and that's when some of our friends whose counselor introduced them to the Enneagram introduced us to the Enneagram. Jeff being a full-time, still working with college students and full-time seminary, he kind of just skimmed the book, but I devoured it. And one of the reasons why I devoured it was I found my type really soon, like almost right away that I was a type nine and type nines know themselves the least. It's almost like there's this internal fog inside us. We've spent our whole life And we'll probably get into this later for your listeners. There's nine personality types. Mine is the type nine. And the nines are the peaceful mediators. We just want to get along to, you know, to go along to get along. Uh, We want peace and harmony. So we'll forego our own desires and wants in order to go along with others to make them happy, which then makes us happy. Like we're all good, right? But then we don't know ourselves well because we haven't taken the time to get to know ourselves. So That being said, it was really helpful to read about my internal world. Like someone put words on, you know, paper that I could put on my heart. Like, yes, this is me. This is, I can now explain it to Jeff more clearly. 
And that really did uh, wonders for us, especially over the years. It wasn't just this, you know, magical change instantly. But over the years, I was able to let him know what my needs were, what my wants were, how he could work with me, and then vice versa. I got to understand him better. And so we then carried that through into the ministry we were doing um, in the local church. We were starting to help just individuals, but then couples as we were using it ourselves because we need Jesus every single day. (laughs) We have troubles and hard spots every single day. But what was most important for Jeff and I was even though the Enneagram is an amazing tool, brings astonishing clarity to your inner world and why you do what you do, which is what the Enneagram is. It's not what you do. It's why you do what you do. We knew that it would only work completely if it was true with what the gospel says. And so we spent a lot of time thinking through, is what we're learning also biblically true? And if not, we got to throw that part out and then only keep what's true. So we spent a lot of time and years working this out in our own faith journey and in our perspective of the gospel. And Jeff going to four years of seminary was super helpful in bringing that theological approach to the Enneagram. And so we did that same thing for many years as a good nine. I kind of hid and kept quiet with all of the abilities I had. Nines tend to not want to assert themselves or make much of themselves. So we kind of do it quietly until about 2015 when God really gave me a wake up moment that I was hoarding my own gifts and abilities. And therefore I wasn't helping and loving others well. And he then gave me a passion to start your Enneagram coach where we, our mission is to bring astonishing clarity so that people can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. And so that's what we're on a mission to do. And we just happen to use the tool of the Enneagram from a gospel-centered perspective. Well, I absolutely love your tagline or mission statement. I mean, that is, I love the astonishing clarity part um, because Mm -hmm. it has brought astonishing clarity to my life, to my marriage, my friendships. But it also has really helped me and challenged me to break free of the fear as a seven that can rule my life and has been very present for as long as I can remember. And so, um, that, that really speaks to me. I love that. So I probably discovered you maybe in 20, gosh, 2017. So tell us about Mm kind of when you got started in 2015 before the Enneagram was kind of a trend and you have been doing personal development behind the scenes for years, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because my husband's the one who really is more of the person in our marriage who goes deep and he's always been kind of lovingly trying to bring me along. But nines, you know, it's kind of like, do I really want to like go deep and be disturbed? We like our cozy comforts in life. So, um, but it's been super good and I wouldn't have grown the way I've grown without his loving tenacity to bring me along with him. Um, but yeah, so for years I did, you know, like a lot of people, Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders and all those things. And they're so, so helpful. Um, But what was so powerful about the Enneagram, again, is it's showing why you do what you do. And as a believer, what you realize when you're reading scripture, it's like, oh, wait, God isn't looking at my outward behavior. He's looking at my heart, my heart intentions. And finally, there was this tool that helped me to understand my heart intentions. And so what we've really done is the biggest, there's so many layers to the Enneagram. So even though there's nine basic types, think of each of the types as a color. And when you go into Sherman Williams, there's all those, you know, array of colors, right? Shades. Um, That's how it is for each of our personality types. So just because I'm a nine, I could be with 10 other nines and we're all very different, except we have the same core motivations. And so we can each kind of play it out differently. Um, that's why we don't want people to name people from the outside. It's all about why they do what they do. And so you don't really know why they do what they do. And you might guess, but you don't. Um, and so with that um, understanding, and I was able to go, oh, wait, okay, so 
When my personality, like we think of the Enneagram as an internal GPS. So you have your current location, which is your main Enneagram type. So I'm a type nine. And then I have a healthiest destination up ahead. You know, like you don't just get on a GPS and you just kind of aimlessly go, right? Like you have, you put in a destination that tells you how to get there. Well, our healthiest destination is what God has called us to be like in Christ but in our own bent, right? He created us a very specific way. So each personality type has a path that they go down, which it gets them to their healthiest destination and being their healthiest version of their type, representing Christ even more. But on this side of the fall, we tend to veer off course and fall into common pitfalls on the side of the road time and time again. And we all throw up our hands and we get frustrated. We bring in the shame, the self-condemnation, the guilt, or we blame others, on and on. And it just brings uh, destruction to ourselves and our relationships. And so what the Enneagram, how it's so powerful is, I remember probably being in about year 10 of Jeff being a pastor, and my heart always wanting to follow the Lord. I kept seeing myself fall into that common pitfall. I was a young wife, a young mom, you know, just all the things that are hard in life. And why was I doing these same things over and over? I felt like it only highlighted I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. When God, with, through his Holy Spirit, showed me, no, wait, look at your personality. Think of it as a column. At the very top is when you're at your healthiest, and at the very bottom is when you're at your unhealthiest. And what we have described with that, because that's part of Don Rizzo came up with uh, the levels of development, healthy to unhealthy for each of the nine types. And what we've done at your Enneagram coaches, we've shown it in light of being aligned with the truth of the gospel. So at the very top, you're when you're healthy, you're aligned with the truth of the gospel. In the middle, when you're kind of in this autopilot zone, you're more misaligned with the truth of the gospel. And at the very bottom, you're out of alignment. Now, that doesn't change your relationship status with God. It's that your mind and your heart have wandered from the truth of who you already are in Christ. And so now you're kind of living out in your own way. So when I when I felt like God showed me that, what he was showing me was that, Beth, you are safe and secure in me. I love you. I've taken care of everything for you in my in Christ's life, death, and resurrection. Your My status of love for you never changes, but I do need you to see where your heart is at any given moment, not to bring the shame and the condemnation, actually the opposite. Those have been taken care of. I want you to recognize, yeah, this isn't good that you've, let's say, faltered or fallen again into the same common pitfall, but I'm here and I've rescued you. I continue to rescue you. I continue to make you more like Christ. So come follow me again and again and again. And so that has been our passion and our drive is to show people you don't have to live in that shame and self-condemnation. It is all about, yes, recognizing that when we sin or do something that's not right, yeah, we need to own that see it, but also rejoice in what's already been done for us, which will set us on a much more joyful and healthier path for us and then help our relationships. So that's kind of where the whole premise came from. I've developed um, online courses, coaching courses, anywhere from just the basics of discovering you and discovering the Enneagram to what we have called exploring you. That's where now you know your type. And, you know, a little bit about the Enneagram and then we dive deeper. We have five coaching sessions that are pre-recorded. I break down your personality and I coach you through it so that you're not overwhelmed, but you're stretched. Um, and then all the way to uh, become an Enneagram coach. So we've got beginners all the way to those that really want to master it and go for it. So it's been a really fun journey for sure. Well, you have built so much content in four years. I mean, that's insane <laughs> that not only have you built, you know, what you just mentioned, but you just released nine books at once. Yes, that's true. <laughs> How many books yes. total did you release this year? Because you also released a marriage series, right? Yes. Yes. God, it, he's, he really is funny in his own <laughs> sense of humor. So nines, just to let everyone else out there know, we struggle with inertia. So <laughs> something that is at rest stays at rest and something that's in motion stays in motion. That's really important to see because most people are thinking, oh, well, nines are just at rest, which I'll be honest, is our typical like 
go-to <laughs> like yeah like yeah I just want to like chill by the beach or you know whatever um but when God wakes us up and gives us passion because remember we're always trying to go along to get along we don't know our own wants and desires but when he reveals a clear path a clear calling a clear passion that you know inertia shifts into action and once you're in motion your emotions so for the last uh basically three years we have been, I've been just probably working an average of at least 12 hours a day. Um, and, and I loved it. Now my kids are older, just to let everyone know. So my kids, um, well now are both in college. So there's a lot more freedom. So <laughs> those young moms do not hear uh, otherwise. I didn't, I was a stay at home mom for at least 10, 12 years until my kids were like in middle school. Um, but all that to be said is what God did is he built this foundation. And so this year, what we, what happened in 2019 is that we released 10 books, one on marriage and then nine others on each of the nine types where it's a 21 day gift book journal. They're real short entries teaching you about your type in these bite-sized lessons, but also giving reflection questions where you can, you know, enter your thoughts and reflections. But what's so cool is that each day is the same thing for each of the nine types, except when it needs to be more type specific. So you could do it with your small group, your best friend, your spouse, your parents, your kids that are old enough, probably teenage and older. And so it keeps everyone learning the same content, but then type specific so that you can share or learn yourself, but also share with others what you learned about yourself so that they can have compassion and empathy and know how to love you well. So we did that. And then we also, um, developed 45 courses <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> for 45 couple types. So there's like you and your husband are a type seven and a nine. My husband and I are nine and a six. It could be a nine and a nine or one and a one or, you know, whatever couple type combination, there's 45 of them. And we developed a course called Becoming Us. So there's the book Becoming Us, but then the course that goes deeper. And it literally feels like I'm in your living room, because I'm literally going to explain your dance, how, why you guys get caught in, you know, specific dances in a misaligned way, but also to show you the hope of an aligned dance, what it looks like for you to understand your spouse and them you, but also have to then move towards one another to create an atmosphere of just love and joy, even though you're very different. Um, and so that is, and so we did that as well. And yeah, so we've had a very, very busy year, but the good news is I feel like God has called me to uh, the word balance in 2020. <laughs> so that, and here's the thing, member of the inertia. So this is my growth path is, you know, at rest or always going, going, going. Now this year, I feel God has called me to say, I want you to be somewhere in the middle. And that is actually a really big challenge for the nine. And so I feel like that's a good challenge, but it's going to be a challenge to balance rest and, uh, you know, moving, going, doing. And so that's, that's my coming up year this year. Well, if there was ever an example of a nine in motion, wow, your 2019 <laughs> is that, that is, I mean, I write and have e-courses and that is a ton of work. <laughs> and so yes, it, um, it was, it's been a ton of work for three e-courses. I don't know how you put together 45. <laughs> so, well, that, now I will say I do have an awesome team. Like I have graphic designer and different people that are uploading stuff, um, editing the video, you know, so, so there is a team, so it's not just me, but yes, developing but still, the content was pretty intense. Pretty <laughs> intense. I'd say so. Well, you know, I think we've given kind of a great warm up of why the Enneagram is so impactful. I know it's certainly been, like I said, life changing in my life. And that is not an exaggeration. I can go into a few stories. But before yeah. we do that, I would love for you to do an overview of the nine types, yeah. because I think we have some listeners who have probably heard a lot about a seven and a nine on here. <laughs> right. But that's about it. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that's great. Yeah. So just to remind everyone that the Enneagram, Enneagram means nine, gram means a diagram or a drawing. And 
you're listening, you're probably not looking at the diagram, but it's a nine pointed geometric figure that represents the nine personality types. And just like, so it looks like a star, nine pointed star. And just like a star has lines, the lines represent paths of growth and paths of stress. Um, and so it really is gonna show us when we're doing really well and when we're struggling and why. That's the biggest thing is the why. And so what we're going to want to look at when you wanna try to find your type, and we have a free test at our website, yourenneagramcoach.com in the upper right-hand corner, but we only want you to use that as a guide because the tests aren't always 100% accurate because it's dealing with why you do what you do. And if you don't know yourself very well, you're not going to probably answer as accurately as need be. So take the test and get some guidance in where you score, but then go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash core motivations for a free PDF download. And that's what I'm gonna go over here so that you guys can hear why we do what we do. And it is based off the core motivations. There are four of them. There's the core fear, the thing that you're always trying to prevent and run away from, the core desire we are always trying to obtain, and then the core weakness. This is also called the passion or the deadly sin. This is really our Achilles heel, the thorn in our side that keeps tripping us up time and time again and frustrates us. Then there's the core longing, the message that your heart longs to hear. This is um, what you've wanted as, since as a child from your parents, teachers, coaches, et cetera. And then you keep trying to get that through career, spouse, kids, et cetera. And yet for us, the way we use that with your Enneagram coach is it's that Christ has satisfied your core longing. And once you see that and unlock that, transformation is right at your fingertips because it's what Christ has already done for you. So I'll dive into the nine types to give you kind of an overview. But again, it's why you do what you do. And this is the core motivations. Um, we do use all nine types to varying degrees. So if you are like, oh, gosh, three of them kind of sound like me, that's perfectly normal. We're just wanting to find the one that really sticks out. And where you're going to find that the most is when you're not doing well. <laughs> so don't if you're doing really great, you're at like the peak of your life, you're just so healthy and on you know, fire or whatever, it might be a little bit harder for you to find your type because you're using actually probably several personality types in a healthy way. So think of when you knew yourself the least and when people really activated your heart, like you got sad or frustrated or something just wasn't right. Think more in those terms than when you're doing really well, okay? So the type one is the moral perfectionist and their core fear is being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, unredeemable, or corruptible. So it's very moral, ethical in what they're thinking. So their desire is to have integrity, being good, balanced, accurate, virtuous, and right. Where you're going to see them more clearly is the core weakness. And for them, it's resentment because they're repressing anger that will lead to continual frustration and dissatisfaction with themselves, others, and the world for not being responsible and perfect. So to understand the one is to realize they have one loud inner critic um, that is either aimed at themselves or the world for not being perfect. And that inner critic assaults the one with the imperfection. So they don't walk into a room going, oh, I'm going to look for imperfection. It leaps out at them and assaults them and it won't let up. It berates them until they or someone takes care of it. And so when others aren't the adults and they have to be the only adult, so to speak, they get resentful. Um, now they may not show it in an outward angry mode, but you're going to feel it more in criticism, nitpicky, kind of a prickliness in them. What they long to hear is you are good. And what we want them to realize is that Christ has satisfied this, not that the type one themselves is good. None of us can be perfect and good, but he was good and perfect for us and gave it to us. And therefore, when God looks at us, he sees Christ's perfect righteousness, which frees us to now know, oh, the very core longing that I've always wanted, I've actually been given through Christ and it frees them. The type two is a supportive advisor and their core fear is being rejected and unwanted, being thought worthless, needy, inconsequential, dispensable, and unworthy of love. So what they desire is to be appreciated, loved, and wanted. Now, their core weakness is pride. 
And this is where they deny their own needs and emotions while focusing completely on the needs and emotions of others. And then they confidently insert their helpful support in hope that others will show how grateful they are for the type two's loving care. Now, what they long to hear is you are wanted and loved. And the great news of Christ is, gosh, how much more can we be wanted and loved when he leaves his throne in heaven to come and live a brutal life here on earth, mainly to bring you to himself, to show you how valuable you are to him. Then the type three is a successful achiever, and they fear being exposed or thought of as incompetent, inefficient, or worthless. And so they fear failing or not appearing successful. And so what they desire is to have high status and respect, being admired, successful, and valuable. But their core weakness is deceit. Now, this deceit is where they deceive themselves into believing that they are only the image they present to others. So what they'll do is they'll embellish the truth and put on a polished persona for everyone, including themselves, to see and admire. So think of the three. There's a saying in, as a place kicker in football, you're as good as your last kick. Well, for the three, you're as good as your last success. So they might check something off on their list, their to-do list, and they're like, yes, did it. But immediately they have to go to the next thing. And that's exhausting. And so they have to go, go, do, do to accomplish because they think that's the only way others are going to admire them and love them. But what they long to hear is you are loved for simply being you. And that is what Christ offers us, right? His accomplishments are now our accomplishments. So we are fully valuable and loved based on his finished work. So the three can learn to be a human being versus just a human doing. So those are the first three types. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of friends that are ones, two, and threes. Probably a disproportionate number of ones in my life. My mom's a one. So it's like I'm a magnet uh-huh. for other ones. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, one thing that, you know, I want to mention for our listeners, too, is you might hear us leading with kind of the negative things, but those are really helpful tools in figuring out what you are. You know, I'm very aware of where I go on a bad day and kind of those core kind of limiting beliefs. And so it's not meant to highlight just the negative side. I think that's one of the the biggest objections you hear about the Enneagram, right? Like, why is it negative? Yeah. And I think if people were to follow us, which is kind of why I also end with the core longing and how Christ has redeemed it is, yes, you're right. When we're trying to find our main type, we're definitely kind of highlighting some of the not so great parts, you know, but God has created us all to reflect Christ in such amazing ways. And we do highlight that in all of the stuff we do because it is not just about where we falter. We want to experience abundant life and joy that he has not only created us for us to experience, but redeemed us to experience. And so it's the both, right? You can't fully grow and understand yourself until you're willing to face what's there that needs to be fixed, you know? So we have to face that, own it and give it back to God and help him to re renew, restore, and refresh our internal world into becoming an even healthier version of ourselves. But we can't if we don't really look at it. But that's hard. You know, it's kind of like, ugh, I don't want to look at those hard spots. But it's been redeemed. That's why, to me, doing the Enneagram with a gospel-centered perspective is vital because it's been redeemed. We've been redeemed. All is well in Christ. Now, of course, we're still here on earth, so it doesn't feel all is well. But we know ultimately it will be. So we can look at these things that are hard, knowing that the good has has happened and is continuing to happen. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it has brought a lot of freedom in my life. Like as a seven, which y'all will hear about shortly, you know, I really value freedom and freedom from pain. So if I can, you know, yes, right. if I can look at the hard places of who I am and really work hard on the front end of life to get free from that, great. More fullness mm-hmm. on the other side. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and but that's but the initial part is hard, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't want to look at the bad. I just want to experience the good. But you can't 
you can't have one without the other. You can't have the resurrection without the death. 100%. And I, I will be honest. And I think this is kind of common for my type, but the first few years I'm like, I, this is a great number. This is great. And I've really, this, it's kind of like this year, God was like, yeah, but here are some downsides of your number. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought that was an asset and a bonus of who I am. I didn't think about that being like utterly exhausting for the people around me. (laughs) So my dad is a seven. And so I, (laughs) Totally know what you're saying. Um, yes, um, my dad is as well and went on vacation. I mean, he he also has to travel for work, but justified it 26 times in one year. So that's a very uh, picturesque <laughs> example of a seven who's living like a Peter Pan. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God's up to here at the Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their Part in the Mess podcast, made for those navigating the messiness of parenting. Part of the Mess seeks to equip parents with trusted biblical guidance, helping them to raise their children with strength and joy in a changing and often... We've all seen the skier responsibility code. This year, Vermont added a few more to keep things safe on and off the mountain. Before visiting, follow travel guidelines and quarantine at home for seven days with a negative COVID-19 test. While here, wear masks, distance, avoid crowded places. It's the same Vermont experience, just with more responsibility. Visit vermontvacation.com for up-to-date travel guidelines. Plan ahead. Follow the code. Save the season. Challenging culture. With guests like Bob Goff, Jamie Ivey, and Priscilla Shire, this podcast is for just about everyone. You can sign up for weekly Part of the Mess podcast blogs and subscribe to Part of the Mess podcast episodes at partofthemess.org. Hey! I wanted to pop in and personally invite you to my free class I'm hosting next Sunday, February 23rd. It's called Define Your Decade. Gain clarity and next steps on your dream. No overwhelm included. Guys, there's nothing that lights me up more than helping you take steps towards those dreams in your heart. So let's do it. Head on over to kelseychapman.com workshop to sign up for this free class. There are limited spots, so do sign up to reserve your seat, but I want you there. I can't wait to help you take steps towards your dreams. So the type four is a romantic individualist and their core fear is being an adequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, or insignificant. What they're desiring is to be unique, special, and their most authentic self. Now, what they're going to struggle with is the core weakness of envy. And this is where they're feeling that uh, they are tragically flawed or missing something foundational inside them, but others possess the qualities that they lack. So they feel it's kind of like if we're all a puzzle and, you know, when you get down to the last few pieces, you're so excited to complete it. But when there's a missing piece, you're like, oh my gosh, it's flawed. Like, it's not beautiful. It's just, it's half beautiful. It's like, it could have been so much more. That is how a four feels internally, that there's something missing. But when I look at everyone else's puzzles, all of the other puzzles are complete. So they envy, like, why is everyone else complete, but not me? Why do they have what I don't have? And so they feel like something's wrong. They also have a ton of emotions. It's like a tsunami of emotions that can um, come over them. And a lot of people are like, why are you so emotional? Um, stop being emotional. And it's like, well, you try to stop having a tsunami hit you from time to time. It's a little hard. And so for them, what's beautiful is when they have all their, their emotions, but they also experience what's called equanimity, which is emotional balance. So you still have the emotions, but there's balance. And so it's just a real beautiful a uh, deep, rich, authentic way that we see people expressing themselves in the world. So what they long to hear is you are seen and loved for exactly who you are, special and unique. And that is exactly what Christ has done. He created you in your mother's womb 
specifically to be you in the way that he designed you. There's nothing flawed. There's nothing missing. He wanted you to be the way you are to reflect him, but also to go through things to reflect him in unique ways. Um, so that's the type four. The type five is the investigative thinker and they fear being annihilated, invaded, not existing, being thought of as incapable or ignorant, having obligations placed upon them or having their energy completely depleted. So they desire to be capable, competent, insightful, and knowledgeable, but their core weakness is avarice. And this is where they feel that they lack um, inner resources and that too much interaction with others will lead to catastrophic depletion. So you're gonna find them withholding themselves from contact with others because they fear this catastrophic depletion. And so they're gonna kind of more hoard their resources and minimize their needs. Think of a type five as a cell phone that when you plug it in all night and restore, you still only wake up with about 20, 25% battery life, <laughs> but this is interactive battery life. So they have to ration out the use of what they're going to do throughout the day with others so that they don't get completely depleted. And so at times you might feel them kind of putting up boundaries or saying they can't do certain things because it's it's too much um, obligation or too much interaction with others, and they need time away to recharge and process their thoughts and feelings. But if you realize, oh, well, they're at 5% better life, but I'm an extrovert and I'm at 100% because I'm with all these people, you're not going to understand them. But now you can say, hey, where's your battery life? What do you need so that I can help you to restore and replenish so that we can go do that thing together? That would mean so much to a five. Oh, yeah. And that, that's so helpful, too, so that the people around the five also know it's not personal. It's just yeah. their capacity for, you know, interaction at the moment. Yeah. And just to kind of let others know, fives are typically introvert. Doesn't mean they always are. But this isn't just about introversion, extroversion. So if people are listening and they're like, well, but I'm really introverted, um, but those core motivations don't line up with me, then that's probably not your type. Every type can be an introvert and every type can be an extrovert. And there's a wide spectrum of it. This has to do more with this avarice feeling that too much inter interaction will lead to catastrophic depletion. So if you're an introvert and you're like, oh, I just can't go anymore. And I just, I need to rest or plug in. That's one thing. This is absolute fear. I cannot have this happen. And so it's a whole nother level. And plus they're wanting so much knowledge um, and insight so that they can be capable and competent um, to move forward. So just to kind of, I know sometimes people hear it as being introverted and it's more than just that. Totally. Okay. So the type six is the loyal guardian and they, um, Fear, fear itself, being without support, guidance, security, being blamed, targeted, alone, and physically abandoned. They desire security, guidance, and support. And the reason is they have the core weakness of anxiety. Now, every type can be anxious. This is more of a scanning the horizon of life and trying to predict and prevent negative outcomes, especially worst case scenarios. And so they want to remain in a constant state of apprehension and worry. Now, the sixes have an internal committee. So remember, the ones had one inner critic. The inner critic for the one tells them what's right and tells them what to do, and they follow it. The six has an internal committee that is constantly chiming in from all perspectives. What about this? Did you think about that? What about this over here? Well, it could be this over here. And so it creates uh, chaos and confusion and, and self-doubt. So they look outside themselves to those they trust or a belief system they trust to get guidance and support because they don't know which internal committee person to listen to. Um, so it creates anxiety. Now, what they long to hear is you are safe and secure. And the greatest thing about that is we are safe and secure in our relationship with God. Though on earth, we don't know always exactly what's going to happen. Eternally, we do know what's going to happen, that he is good. And I just realized I did not tell you the core longing of the five, sorry, fives, um, their core longing is your needs are not a problem. And fives feel like me, their needs are like big boulders. And why would I hand you a big boulder when it's going to harm you? And it's already hard enough for me. But Christ is like, I'm the God of the universe. Your needs literally are not a problem. And they're a joy for me to take care of. So those are the 
uh, four, five, and six. Wow. Well, I deeply resonate with that last meet, actually. Um, maybe there's some mm-hmm. correlation there, but um, there is, there is correlation. Yeah. We'll have to go into that, but yes. Okay, cool. So let's go into the seven, eight, and nine. Yes. And so here's yours, type seven, Woo! the entertaining optimist. <laughs> and they fear being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited, bored, and definitely missing out on something fun, like the true FOMOs of the world. <laughs> true? Oh, yeah. I think FOMO is like one of my like top three text responses in group threads. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, so the core desire for the seven is to be happy, fully satisfied, and content. Now, well, the struggle comes in is the core weakness of gluttony. Now, this isn't just about food, though. Sevens typically love lots of food and varieties uh, to try. But this is the feeling of great emptiness inside and that they have this insatiable desire to fill themselves up with experiences and stimulations in hopes of feeling completely satisfied and content. But they don't. And so how you understand this is think of them as having this empty bucket inside that has holes at the bottom. And they keep filling it with experiences and adventures and fun. And all of that's great at the moment. But then they look down and it's like, wait that didn't work. It's empty now. And they have to keep going and they keep doing um, because they think the more they do, finally that bucket will be filled up. But the key to the seven um, in filling that up is also with the core longing. They long to hear you will be taken care of. And sevens are like, a lot of times like, I don't get that. Well, the seven, their whole life, probably growing up was like, can we go here? Can we do this? Can we, can we, can we, can we, can we? <laughs> and though parents probably tried to say yes to it, and you having a type seven dad probably tried to say yes all the time. We still have to do mundane things in life. You still have to bathe. You still have to go to sleep. You still have to, whatever it is. And so the nose in, in the life of the seven feels really hard for them. And so it feels like that, that empty bucket's never getting filled up. No one is filling it up. They aren't being cared for. Not, 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 you know, like, I'm not saying like, oh, parents aren't doing what they need to do, but there's this hunger, this, this pain inside. But the great news is that Christ is the spring of living water and you can drink from him as much as you want and he will fill your bucket up. But here's how is for the sevens to recognize they have to be present in the moment, not off to the next thing. (laughs) They have to, they have to see the blessings that are around them and savor the blessings that will start to plug up the holes and their bucket will start to fill up and they will start to feel satisfied and content. Does this make sense for you? Oh, well, you just described my therapy sessions, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yes, I mean, that has been totally my journey of, you know, even this year at Thanksgiving, I looked at David and I was like, I'm bored. I want to go home and work. And he was like, "Mm, I think that's a you problem. (laughs) Everyone else here is content. (laughs) Um, And Mm -hmm. I I remember a friend who's an A who will describe next said to me maybe just a month ago, um, and she's pretty um, seasoned in the Enneagram. Her husband's been through some cohorts. And she said, I don't know why I get to be the judge and jury of who's stimulating enough for me. And that was convicting because I find myself bored so frequently and just on to the next thing. Let's just do something else fun. That's boring. I don't want to do it. Um, And that's not who I want to be, you know? And so it's been, this has been a huge resting year. You know, God has, has really given me kind of the, the imagery of, and the scripture of like the, the field that needs to rest on the seventh year. But I mean, it's like living in a straitjacket. It's not fun for yeah. me to rest. And so yeah. it's been a year of wrestling with the idea of rest, learning to rest, embracing like the day to day. Those are often the, the sweetest spots of life is the in-between yes. moments. But I don't want to be like so busy chasing mountaintops that I miss life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's so beautiful because you're calling to resting is literally God's invitation for you to trust and believe that you will be taken care of, that you are being taken care of by him. And that's where true rest comes from. I've been reading a book called Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23 by Philip Keller. And he says there's four things that have to happen for a sheep to rest, you know, to lay down. And when we recognize, oh, our good shepherd has taken care of these things, I can actually now lay down 
I can be content. I can be satisfied. I know he is taking care of me. That's really the season that God is calling you into. But like you said, the, the mind, so what we have to realize is we're hardwired in a, in a certain way. You're hardwired as a seven to, to think forward, to think future, to go, to uh, strategize, plan, which is an amazing thing, but it also can trip you up, right? Totally. And so that's what's hard is that we have these amazing attributes at the same time can flip so quickly and be our greatest, you know, um, pitfall, right? Um, but that's where by focusing on God and what he has for us, he will help us to utilize those app, those strings. And even when we do trip and fall, he's right there for us to go, oh, yeah, okay, you've got me. Thank you, you know, and to keep moving. And that's what we want to use the Enneagram for is not to bring shame and self-condemnation, but to go, no, he has given us so much to have abundant life. It's already there for us if we're willing to focus on both the struggle and the good. So yeah. anyway. And there's more fullness on the other side of facing those hard parts of who you are. And so I'd rather just yeah. tackle it and live in the most fullness and freedom possible, which hello. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Okay. And then okay, an eight, sure. I, you know, I could, I, yes. I'm, I'm not trying to derail this to talk about just seven. So <laughs> no, but I think good. I think, you know, when people hear me talking to a type specifically, even though I'm, we're not going to do it for all of the nine types today, it helps them to see how how this helps an actual person in their actual struggle, but also have compassion. I mean, what people don't realize is to be in the mundane, to be bored, to be limited is very painful, but like other types don't feel that at all. And they can be like, why are you like this? Well, now they can go, oh, your core fear feels the same as my core fear, but my core fear is totally different. And so now I can have compassion and empathy for you and a way to move with you in life versus at you. And I think that's really, you know, important. So all that being said, type eight is the protective challenger and they fear being weak and powerless, harmed, controlled, vulnerable, manipulated, and definitely left at the mercy of injustice. What you're going to see is that they desire to protect themselves and those in their small inner circle. Now, their core weakness is what's called lust or excess because they're constantly desiring intensity, control, and power, pushing themselves willfully on life and even on people in order to get what they desire. So they have great passion, great desire, and they just want to get it, you know, at its fullness. And so it sounds a little bit like sevens and sevens and eights can have a harder time seeing which one they are, but eights, it's all about being harmed and controlled, not being vulnerable. It's about being authentic and real, being blunt, say it like it is. But the, the core longing they have is you will not be betrayed. And the greatest thing is to recognize Christ was the most betrayed. He understands what that feels like and he will not betray you. Um, in fact, he goes not only just an extra mile, he goes the entire way to redeem us to be there with us. Um, and so that's really important for, and so sevens reframe and are always positive. They don't always necessarily want to look at the, the reality of the situation, whereas eights are all about the reality and the authenticity and saying it like it needs to be said. And then last but not least is my type, um, the peaceful mediator. Uh, we fear being in conflict, in tension, any kind of discord, being shut out or overlooked, losing connection or relationship with others. So we desire to have inner stability and peace of mind and harmony, but our core weakness is sloth. And this is what I talked about at the very beginning about myself is that sloth is not a physical laziness. As you heard this year, I was a very busy person. It is a more of an unrealistic or idealistic way of living in a world so that we can kind of remain at peace, easygoing, not disturbed, so basically what you will find is that nines will fall asleep to their own passions, abilities, desires, needs, and wants in order to merge with others to keep the peace and to have harmony. So I will, con my, my whole being, whether I want it to or not, is literally feeling the atmosphere. Is there tension or harmony? And what do I need to do? 
to bring harmony? How do I go along to get along? How do I make people happy? How do I accommodate? How do I, I don't think of it this way, but how do I lose myself in order to make others happy? And that's the, this internal sloth and not knowing ourselves, the fog. And so what we long to hear is your presence matters. But we don't feel like our presence matters, our voice matters, everyone else matters more than us. And what we need to learn and recognize is that Christ left his throne literally to come and do all of this for us so that we will be in right relationship with him. I don't know what says more to a person that your presence matters than that. Um, and so once we realize that our presence matters and we stop hoarding our own gifts and talents in the background, but come forward, we can actually bring great peace and harmony to everyone around us. And that's the nine types. I love that. And as a seven, I have a, my husband's a nine. I have some best friends that are nines and there is no greater joy than to see my, my nines like step forward with their gifts and talents. Cause they're often so gifted and so talented and they kind of hide it and the world doesn't get to see mm -hmm. it. And it brings me so much joy to see them step forward with that, mm -hmm. you know, me too. Me too. I love it. When I see nines do that, I'm like, good, you go girl or you go guy. Yeah, seriously. Well, man, Beth, I thought that was a fantastic overview. And for those of you listening, you can head on over to your Enneagram take an assessment, like Beth said, study the top three and dive in. You know, that's how I started probably five years ago. I think I tested as a two and a seven. Um, Maybe a three was pretty high up there. I think now I'll, I'll score as a three and a seven. Um, but once I started reading, it was so clear, <laughs> you know, like, oh, wow. You know, one of my biggest fearful memories as a child is being trapped in a box when kids in the neighborhood locked me in a box during hide and seek. That is literally everything I've visited in counseling. And so when it said a seven's yeah. core fear is being trapped, hello, right. I've been scared of that since I was a little girl, you know? And so right. um, I, 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 I found it to be so helpful for my marriage. My husband didn't take it very seriously until we kind of had a year of being pretty disconnected maybe three years ago. And he knew it was important to me. So he dove in and then our whole friend group dove in, you know, we had some hard <laughs> friendship things and our whole friend group was like, we're committed to making this work. And it, again, it has been deeply, deeply impactful. One thing I'd love to ask you, you know, I feel like a lot of business content is written for ones and threes. How mm, yeah. would someone listening who is building out their dreams know where to start when all the material feels like it's catered to a certain way of being? Yes. Uh, that Not only is that totally accurate in the business world, I would say that's accurate across the board. What happens is people will, whether you go hear a pastor talk or a teacher talk or a, you know, your, you know, business wants you to go in a certain direction, like you're saying, they're all coming from their types specific direction, right? And usually threes specifically in the business world and business leadership are really great role models. At the same time, they're telling you how to do it a three way, <laughs> you know, a type, a type three way, which on one side is great. You know, that doesn't just because you're a different type doesn't mean you can't learn from the other types and to move into really healthy directions. That's a whole nother layer of the Enneagram. But we also need to recognize not everything that is super helpful and good for one type is always going to be just as helpful and good for another. And so there are actually Enneagram books out there for business. Um, actually, I got my certification with uh, the Enneagram in business.com. And so they have some resources there as well when it comes specifically to business um, and, and to talk in that, in that way. But it's important to recognize the growth path of a nine and a three or a six and a four. All of us is very different in the business world. So though there might be overarching commonality, good skills and things to recognize, how we actually go about it could be very different for each of the types. Um, and so that's where this can be immensely helpful in business when we recognize that an eight and a nine are going to approach success in business and strategy and all the things in a very different way. Doesn't make one of them 
right or one of them wrong, but we want to get them in the right seat, right? Right seat on the bus to do what they're really good at. You can have all nine types do the exact same job. You know, it doesn't mean that, okay, so nines can only do these jobs and eights. I hate when people do that. Don't, don't stereotype. Totally. Anyone. Like, here's the thing. A lot of people will hear nines as being like, again, slothful and blah, blah, blah and comfy, cozy. But most of our presidents, our most recent presidents um, have been type nine. Totally. I love um, that example. And I think that's such a great example because people will then stereotype people. Oh, well, they're a nine, so they can't do this, that, and the other, because they're going to be lazy. And it's like, no, that's not it, you know? Um, and so to recognize, but yes, we each have Achilles heel. We each have things that trip us up, but we also have these great attributes. But to look at through the lens of um, leadership or business or productivity in light of your type is so vital and so important. So I do recommend, um, I know Ginger Laptabogda, um, she's the one that does the Enneagram in business, has some really great resources out there um, on Enneagram and business that comes from a very neutral, there's no um, spirituality necessarily or faith or religion, so it's very neutral. And so people in business, it, it's a great resource for them. I'll have to check that out. But also, I mean, I think in the in the relationship space, again, one of my bigger struggles when I first got married was hearing someone who I thought was authoritative in my life, which is funny. I don't, I mean, as a seven, I don't love hi hierarchy, but they were the expert on this because they were in a leadership position. And looking back now, I can realize, oh, they were just a very, that person and their wife were totally different numbers than us. So of course they had a different approach, but I took it as like, this is the way. Okay. So if we're, mm -hmm. if we're not operating like this, we're wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that really um, derailed me for a few years of living in, in what was the fullest expression of love and joy and peace in our marriage. And so um, I love that your work really brings out what works for your specific dynamic, whether that's relationships. Yeah. Um, because like, I bet for you, just being a seven, if you were under, let's say a type one or a three boss, like th those were the examples you gave earlier, threes and ones, they like um, efficiency, they like plans, they like checklists, you know, you, um, you do everything with the right timing and efficiency and getting things done. Basically, okay, go to work, sit down, crank it out, you know, it's kind of, quote unquote, boring, if, if you think of it from the from the mind of a seven, you know, your cubicle, your office, I mean, a seven would be, you're probably bristling, like, oh my gosh, I've got to escape. This is like, even just talking about it, it's making me want to just die. Um, but that doesn't mean that a seven can't be outstanding and highly productive. But how are they going to be outstanding, and highly productive in the way that they've been created? And so to give a seven a lot more flexibility and freedom, obviously there's the same, let's say deadlines, you know, or things that need to happen, but how are they going to accomplish it in the way that they've been wired, not letting them just do whatever we want them to do it at the best capacity for them, but also then what is it like for the six to be at their best and the, and the five. So we're all just so different. And then once we understand that, we can set each other up for greater success and abundant life when we have compassion and empathy to help each other to live that out. And it's it can be challenging because we all see the world through our own lens and think our way is the right way. <laughs> but if we're willing to see through the lens of others and to help accommodate them so that they're at their best, that is just a huge win-win. Oh, I could not agree more. I actually you know, worked with a client this year where I realized this is my ideal customer avatar of a client I want to work with. We work so seamlessly mm. together. She hands off the project to me. I do it on my own time. I usually turn it in early. She doesn't really talk to me <laughs> other than catching yeah. up in between. She lets me work independently. There's no micromanagement. And she's not yep. really my boss. She's a client, but I'll still have clients who want to be involved every 
you know, 30 minutes of the day. And that is not my work style. And so I, I, after my experience working with her as a client, I actually started writing down her qualities because I'm like, this is the best working relationship I've ever had with anyone. And then even coaching, I, you know, kind of had given up coaching. Like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Like, I don't like to be responsible for someone's results and in their personal Mm -hmm. development. And then I came, had a coaching client that was very eager, came to the call with questions. You know, we hammered through those questions every single call. We knocked out like 10 different topics. And I was like, oh, this is just my ideal type of coaching client. So my intake form should probably, you know, help me weed out people who are not really going to be a fit for me where I'm not going to be able to serve them very well. And so, yes, it has been so helpful. Beth, where can people find the nine books you have, the courses you've created, all 45, um, and keep up with you because I have just loved our conversation. I know the Radiant listeners are going to want to dive in more if they're not already following you. I'm sure half of them are. Yeah. So I'll kind of, I'll, I'll take them from like free content to, you know, like deep, deep content. So the free stuff is Instagram, which is um, our handle is at your Enneagram coach. Um, We do a two week series on a topic and show um, each type in light of that topic. And then I do Insta stories every day on that subject for that type. So you can kind of hear a little bit more from me personally. Um, And then your Enneagram coach.com. We've got, you know, a little, area to click on to learn more about different things, but then also you can get the online courses there. And so the online courses, there's the first one, Discovering You, and this helps you to discover your type, but also the Enneagram to understand some of the layers that can seem complex, but we make everything simple, but keep it profound. Um, And so Discovering You is a great place to start. If you take the free assessment on the homepage, you'll get um, a coupon code for 50% off. So I suggest doing that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, but once you've found your type, you can move into um, exploring you. And this is where I break down your personality into five bite size lessons or coaching sessions where I do pre recorded coaching sessions. And this is what I do with my private coaching clients, but not everyone can afford that. So for less, well, basically for the price of really one coaching session, you're going to get all five. And so it's amazing how fast people transform when you actually coach them and their bent, their personality style. So people love exploring you. Um, Also, my nine books, which is called the Enneagram Collection, that is similar to um, exploring you, but it's a little bit more on the light side, whereas exploring you takes you further. So if people want to start out with the book and see, you know, kind of learning about themselves, but they want to go that extra step listening to me coach you through these videos would be that a really great option. Then we've got Becoming Us, and that's our book that we released October 1st. And that's really, it's a marriage book um, using the Enneagram from a gospel center perspective. But everyone's like, and it's true, it's really a relationship book. And what's so great about the um, this book is the front half is, you know, all about marriage and communication, the Enneagram, all that stuff. But the back half of the book is a roadmap for each of the nine types. And I literally lay out for you in bullet points what triggers people, how to talk with people, how to love them, how to affirm them, um, how to navigate relationship. And it's just such um, a great, literally, roadmap. So you can have that for your coworkers, your family, you know, your spouse. Just going back to those pages, the first six pages for each type is understanding me, And then the last two pages is understanding them. So your husband would read the understanding them for type seven and you would do the same for the type nine, obviously probably would read all of them, but those are specific to help you to get into the mind and the heart of your spouse or whichever person you need to understand. Maybe your boss or your parent could be anyone. Um, So that's an excellent resource. But if you want to go further, you can go to becomingus.com where we take you into a deeper dive with the Becoming Us course, remember the 45 courses. So once you know your types, you and your spouse, there is a course for you. And I specifically take you through the dances you go through in the 
misaligned in aligned way from communication, conflict, family of origin, and becoming your best selves together. And so there's a workbook that's beautifully designed so that you guys can see exactly the dance you do, but also to give you hope in a future in doing it really well. Um, and so then the last but not least is probably our most popular is the Become an Enneagram Coach course. So those that want to become a certified Enneagram coach and deep dive and know all the things from a teacher, me, who makes it still easy to understand but still profound, that is the course for those people. Well, I might be signing myself up for that, Beth. It has been such a joy having you on. Thank you so much for your time today. And I'm sure you're going to have some Radiant Tribe listeners head on over your way. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, it's been such a joy. Thank you so much. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Duncan is here to keep you running with a much-needed taste of normal. To work, home, or work from home with the coffee you like just the way you like it. Whether that's a small hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Duncan's got you and always will. America runs on Duncan. We've all seen the skier responsibility code. This year, Vermont added a few more to keep things safe on and off the mountain. Before visiting, follow travel guidelines and quarantine at home for seven days with a negative COVID-19 test. While here, wear masks, distance, avoid crowded places. It's the same Vermont experience, just with more responsibility. Visit vermontvacation.com for up-to-date travel guidelines. Plan ahead. Follow the code. Save the season.